Developing the Leader Within is a podcast that focuses on leadership, management, and career development. We nosedive into the areas that are holding you back from your full potential. Let us begin. Welcome back to another episode of Developing the Leader Within. I'm your host, Enrique Acosta-Gonzalez, and today we have a very special guest. I've been waiting to participate and do collaborate with him for a little while. We have Brian Kelly with us today, and we're going to be speaking about leadership and heart, uh, something that's near and dear to me. I know very near and dear to Brian. And, uh, and so thank you, Brian, for coming on the show. Uh, and uh, allowing us to hear from you. Uh, before we get into all the good stuff, uh, tell us a little bit about you. Thank you so much for having me on. And I love the topic, Enrique. So I appreciate you having me on to talk about it. So I'm Brian Kelly. I am president of Brian Kelly Leadership Coaching. And um, my work is around unleashing, unleashing human greatness to create better together. And so what is that? Well, that, is, that is consulting, that is coaching, that is people and team development focused on um, getting everybody to connect with, identify with what is their unique human greatness and how do you bring that forward in a way that adds value to the work you're doing, your professional life, your relationships and your personal life and everything about your life where you are not suppressing yourself, but you're revealing yourself. Oh, thank you. That, yeah, I'm a, I'm a great fan, as you know. We've uh, spoken in the past, and what you do is very important to not only uh, leadership and organization, but to self, and that is uh, where it really starts, right? And, and talking about leadership and heart, uh, how, you know, how more self can you get uh, in that? Um, you know, what I've noticed is that there seems to be a, a bigger shift now uh, as time has gone on uh, to focus on the leader's heart and what it really takes to lead. Uh, because everybody can you know, bark orders and anybody can go down a checklist, did you do this, did you do that? Uh, but only a true leader can impact in a way that's lasting. And so uh, around that theme and 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 heart and leader uh, and self. What, what can you tell us about uh, some, some things that you would like for us to know? So Enrique, I'll start with a story that may be a little vulnerable, but it'll get to the point of why this matters so much to me. So I'm going through my first coaching program, right? And I'm all excited to become a coach. I'm going through the process and I'm failing a little bit because I'm, I'm not applying the stuff that, that I'm, I'm learning. And so I had to go through this process of what's getting in the way. And part of it was around vulnerability, but um, one of the things that happened was during the triad, the, the practice coaching sessions with my peers, I had this really emotional uh, coaching uh, session that was going on in front of me. I was the observer. And my advisor asked me, Brian, so what did you feel about that? What came up for you? And I had nothing because I was all in my head. I was totally disconnected to my heart. And that's sort of how I came into the process. And the journey became one of opening up my heart and, and, and kind of reconnecting to my heart. So you talk about leadership and self, it's all about heart. But how could I, in the process of becoming certified to become a coach, serve through coaching if I was not connected to my heart? 
And so that process happened. Fortunately, I was able to connect to my heart. And so the first part of being able to uh, lead with heart is your relationship with yourself. If you're not connected and to your heart and, 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 um, and feeling and connected to your emotions and um, the information that that provides in terms of awareness and how you're showing up, how can you go and help someone navigate through that and grow into that in terms of leadership with heart? So your relationship with yourself, the losing judgment and growing into acceptance, the uh, caring piece, which will be the next thing, right? So leadership, I think, often gets confused with management. In the industrial age, command and control era, I think we often still refer to leadership when we really mean management in some cases. And leadership is about people, which means caring is like love. It's, it's, it's kind of linked to people. You've got to be able to care for and, um, and love your people and understand uh, that there's a life outside of work and create an environment where they can thrive and flourish. And so if caring is not part of that, and I think this current situation is inviting us into a new perspective on that, right? We're, not, we're, we're all in the same uh, water, but not necessarily the same boat in terms of the situation. We all have to deal with the lockdown and the, the uh, remote working and the physical distancing and whatnot. Um, and so it's also giving us time to pause and reflect on, hey, what am I noticing here in terms of an opportunity for not just how we be now, but how we can be going forward? And it's and that actually the whole quarantine and us choosing to do this together as a nation and actually globally, it's an act of caring, right? I don't want to go outside because I may not know that I may be asymptomatic and not know whether I have uh, the virus. And I don't know whether I might infect someone else. I'm not going to put anybody else at risk, not just myself. And so there's this element of caring in terms of leadership that is paramount. Uh, another thing I mentioned too was my stories around vulnerability and how I looked at it. I used to look at, I grew up believing vulnerability was weakness and uh, uh, not to show weakness. Men don't cry, men don't show emotion, that kind of stuff. And it always felt incongruent to me, right? Because we're all human beings. So why does it, one part of the species, one gender of the species, it's okay for them to cry, but not men to cry or to show emotion. And then we see that manifested in the workplace. We see it manifested in life in terms of divorce rates and you know dysfunctional families or um, uh, what do they call it? Nuclear families, um, those kind of things in terms of outcomes. And then other more ser other serious things in terms of mental health and um, violence and those kind of things. So vulnerability, the willingness to, uh, as a leader, model that, go first and show, hey, um, I'm not perfect. I'm not always right. I need help just like you do. And I have my perspective and insight, but I value other perspectives and insights because in order for us to get to the best solutions, to um, bring this uh, diverse perspective that reflects our communities and our, our consumers, our customers. Um, we need different perspectives and it's not just about um, different uh, people with different, it's about people with different backgrounds and different experiences that help us get to a new way of looking at things. And so that brings me into the next uh, element, it's curiosity. It's like, I wonder what their perspective is. What if, what if we tried to look at this from a different perspective. Um, how might we go about this differently to create better? It's asking these questions that open up and are expansive and kind of look at abundance rather than scarcity. And it gets to this notion of we. 
and we is is always going to be better than me in terms of sustainable and desirable in terms of how we work together to create better and i call that interdependence actually strategic interdependence is um this notion of i serve us so we can serve other and a leader needs to have this notion of modeling interdependence being vulnerable not knowing everything i know you know I, they know who they are they have a strong confidence in who they are and clarity around what they bring but they realize they don't have to bring everything they don't have to be perfectionists and they value insights input and the contributions of others so that when we put all of these brilliant contributions and brilliant people together we get what i call as one plus one is 11 right we get like an amplified contribution than we would if we just kind of came through the lens of the leader if i'm the leader and we're just looking through my lens there's only so much contribution and value we can bring but if we bring the team in it's so much more that is uh just powerful uh i'm i'm I, I, as i'm listening to you and uh the self and the care and the curiosity vulnerability you know the strategic interdependence which is you know that's that's a whole thing in itself i could we could probably go for a while but when when you when you go back to, to kind of dissect the leader which is really what we want any coach any mentor any anybody in the realm of developing someone else has always wanted to, uh, you know, we, we try to dissect you because what, we, what we're trying to do is to get you to realize that there's more than what you think in your head, right? So mm -hmm. uh, the first thing is realizing that there is a you. Mm -hmm. There is a you because sometimes in leadership, we get lost in the job. The job becomes us. We do, and, and, and the you is part of we, right? That's the thing, you know, it's, it's, it's other, us or them, it's, uh, it's me or we. No, we includes me. That's the thing that I think I like about the interdependence notion is it includes me, but it isn't just me, right? It's not this notion of um, control and I've, you know, got to drive. And there's elements of times when you're going to have to um, drive people to execute, but that's not like all the time. Leadership, I think there's, there's this notion of, um, command and control that is sort of, it, it is a leadership style, but it's not the leadership style. And as, um, as we evolve and we kind of think differently, it's more about how do you cultivate the space for people to thrive and flourish? And that's through building relationships, which requires us to care. It requires us to be curious. It requires us to be vulnerable. It requires us to have a strong relationship with self. When I go back to my Georgetown example of, of becoming a coach, I had an unhealthy relationship with vulnerability. If I stepped into coaching, I probably wouldn't have made it through the program if I hadn't made that shift. But if I stepped into coaching and had an unhealthy relationship with vulnerability, how successful would you think I would be? I would have, got, I would have failed miserably because I couldn't be authentic and show up that way. How am I gonna invite other people to step into vulnerability so they can help build connection and relationships with the people, create the space where people can fail, where they can flourish, where they can um, bring new ideas, where they can value their own and other ideas, and together we're able to create this wonderful um, work environment and space where the team can flourish, where I can flourish, and where we can create better together. Yes, uh, that, that vulnerability piece is so, so important in you getting to the point where your heart is actually uh, uh, an active participant in your leadership, <laughs> which is, yeah, it, 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 that's critical. Um, that I, I have, to, obviously with my military background, I've seen all kinds of leadership 
from the time I stepped my foot off the bus. <laughs> that was one style of leadership that I met. <laughs> the guy screaming in my face, you know, I was not good enough. What was I wearing? Get a haircut. <laughs> and then, uh, but, but you, I saw transition as the time went on. Obviously, that was a, a phased approach at, uh, at generating a, a sailor, right? That they have a purpose with all that stuff. Mm. From day one, they know exactly what they're doing so that at day zero, when you're done, a, a sailor comes out at the end. Uh, and so uh, those are all intentional. But even on the, when I started in, in the fleet, uh, that's when I started seeing the variety of leadership. Um, and you could tell when Hart was leading the leader or, or the position was leading the leader. And, and vulnerability is so critical. Uh, I love I curiosity <laughs> because uh, we're always learning and the moment that a leader begins to to stop being curious and it's not just in curiosity of of education but in curious about what makes the people that they have been blessed with leading tick because everybody has their thing uh, and if you treat everybody the same you're not going to get the same results let me tell you that <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so true, and um, and I've got learner as one of my top strengths from a uh, Clifton Strengths uh, thirty four Strengths Finder perspective. But my curiosity is about like you're talking about learning about people, curiosity about people, how they might come at things differently, different perspectives. And you had me thinking too about you know learning, but let's look at the root of the word courage, for instance, right? Core, it's heart, right? And so leadership requires courage. And so that connects directly to heart. And I see courage and vulnerability as two sides of the same coin. Taking courage requires a little bit of vulnerability to be brave and to step into unknown territory and to say that I don't know. How often do people resist saying I don't know for the fear of feeling weak and that oh, I'm supposed to know everything? And it's human. Nobody knows everything. And then when you think you do, then you, you find out quickly that you don't because someone else brings up something. Oh, I didn't know that. And it's just, it's fine. You don't have to know everything. But that takes courage too to kind of, um, to kind of unlearn this notion. And then unlearning is a part of the process. You say learning, but it's also unlearning. Hey, you know, not good enough, or I've got to be perfect, or I've got to know the answer. And no, you got to bring what, you got to get curious if you don't know and say, hey, what do you see? What do you know that maybe I don't know? How might we invite people into uh, the conversation that might expand your awareness and perspective? And so language is important too in terms of, you know, in this case, etymology with core courage. I think it gets directly to what leadership is. Leader is in leadership. That's people. People, you talk about, you know, heart. Heart, when, when this came up in our uh, training class in, in uh, Georgetown, so I'll ask. When the human body gets formed, what gets formed first? The heart of the brain. Yeah, you hear that beat? <laughs> yeah. How can the blood get get uh, the brain get blood supply if the heart isn't there first? And I, at the time, I'll admit I didn't really know the answer because I was all stuck in my head. I was like, "Oh, it's got to be the brain." <laughs> but think about it: the the heart has to form first, right? So it gets right to our um, the, the the human DNA of hey, this is how we're built from the heart first, and so. Uh, reconnecting back to our heart and 
opening up our hearts so we can multiply our impact, that's the opportunity for leaders. I love that. Um, you know, the, uh, you, you mentioned unlearning, which is one of the, uh, it is part of learning, which is funny. It's, uh, it's, it's never mentioned though. You, you hardly ever hear, oh, hey, I'm going to have a class today. I'm going to unlearn everything that, <laughs> that I've ever learned. Um, but it takes a leader that is in touch with himself and his heart to understand that some things that may have learned were wrong. You know, how long did we go thinking that the world was flat? I don't know. I wasn't there, but I've read about it, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, yeah, so you have to unlearn. Yeah, and, and with unlearning, and um, I'll just say that whatever we might have believed before, we can't change that up until now, but we can change what we choose to bring forward, right? And so if I have this limiting belief on that, that may be grounded in um, something from my past. And I, if I take some time, pause, reflect, and do some introspective um, reflection, hey, is this true now? Like we don't even, we just carry these assumptions and then we just automatically assume, well, that's how, that's who I am. That's, well, no, that doesn't have to be. It's like, wait, where did that come from? Right now it was something that maybe someone told you you weren't good enough. Someone told you this or someone told you that. And when you're we're young and impressionable or um, our subconscious mind just absorbs stuff. And then they, it's tough to discern fact and, uh, and uh, fiction. And so the notion of unlearning is so important. And there's no course, as you say, on unlearning, but life teaches us that that's something we need to do. And I talk about unlearning. The other one is unmuting. So that's something I found myself doing and I see people do all the time. And that's why I talk about um, revealing yourself and not suppressing yourself is, hey, we need people to step into their human greatness. And I know I talk about the work mask all the time, right? In terms of that's how we, in the environments that are created in many cases in the workforce, most people just want to survive. So they put, they put this invisible, you know, last piece of uh, clothing on before they go in the work, uh, the office, they put this work mask on, right? And what that does is that automatically suppresses your ability to contribute to your fullest. And so think about that. If, if, if everybody's doing that, you're going in at a less than 100% and depending how um, how much that mask is playing in your, in your life and in your um, work life, it could be a significant portion. And not only is it robbing you of what, of your full hundred percent, whatever that might be, it's also inhibiting your ability to provide discretionary value, to inspire others through your insights, to bring ideas that inspire other ideas. So there's this um, multiplier effect that gets uh, squashed and this amplification effect because you're, we're kind of playing small or we're, we're kind of protecting ourselves by putting this work mask on and just navigating and surviving instead of what's different when we have this environment that um, we create this culture, if you will, where everybody feels psychologically safe. Everybody um, feels like they can bring their ideas, bring their uniqueness, bring their contribution, and it's accepted. There's no judgment. And that's where new ideas come about. You bring an idea, Enrique, and it spurs an idea in me and together, so I may have come up with the actual idea, but I didn't get there without you. And so it becomes an us thing. And that all gets um, suppressed if we don't have an environment where we can lead that gets to heart. And that's really about caring, creating an environment of trust and um, creating this environment where we create interdependence of valuing each person's contribution, who they are, who they're not, because both are okay, right? 
where I may have limitations. That's why we have other people on the team and we invite your strengths in, we invite other people's strengths in and together we'll be able to figure out anything that comes up because we believe in ourselves and belief is another piece of thing. Another thing I would bring into the conversation, belief in yourself and your ability to figure things out and belief in your other team members. And that can only happen where this environment of love and caring and trust is there and it's authentic. I, I love that. Uh, uh, you know, you, you, uh, that's psychologically safe. I, I have never been at a job site where it says we are psychologically safe, but it, it, it's one of the things that we look for, right? We don't voice it. We don't, nobody says, hey, um, yeah, you know, you're in an interview and, you know, you have any questions for me? Yeah, I would like to know if this is a psychologically safe environment. <laughs> I, I've never heard it, but it's important. We all value that and we all seek that, and, but it's never spoken. Uh, it, it, it's just amazing. Yeah, and, and, and so think about it, Enrique. Even if it was, even if I interviewed with you and you're like, yeah, we have a really psychologically safe environment, it's not something you can tell somebody. You've got to be able to feel it, right? Right. And so that's where I want to go spend a day in, in the life of and kind of um, get a sense for the, the team and spend some time with them. Um, I would ask them how, I would ask them an open-ended question around, how do you create a psychologically safe environment uh, for, your, for your employees, for your team? What does that look like? What impacts does that, have you noticed that having? Um, and you know, I imagine those questions don't happen often, right? Because right. we don't talk about that. It's about the job, the job, the qualifications, wh what experience do you have, but not so much around this. Um, the people side of things and the, the workplace experience or the employee experience. And really when we put people in a condition where they're psychologically safe and they feel they can bring their best and there won't be any retribution or consequences of bringing your best because it doesn't fit into what you should be doing um, and how you should be showing up, but you're able to naturally bring who you are. If everybody's doing that, we get to better. We get to better because we're valuing people. We're valuing their uniqueness. And isn't it ironic that the beauty lies in our diversity, our inclusion, our uniqueness, and how often that's suppressed. And that's why my, my passion is around unmuting, unlearning, and unleashing the human greatness in all of us as individuals and teams to create better. Because when we do, we haven't seen what that looks like yet because it's going to be so awesome. Right. Uh, man, I, I love that. that and, and obviously, we could talk about this all day long. Uh, but uh, I want to you know, just uh, that strategic, being a, a person of the military background, the strategic partnership, the strategic interdependency um, is so uh, intriguing to me because um, it, it does, as a leader, you have to know how to strategize. You have to know how to um, put things together, see the outcome already, just see it. Uh, and it takes strategy. You cannot put two, eight, you know, type A individuals in a room and say, yeah, collaborate. It's just not, you know, you, but you, so you have to know your people, you know, and we go back to all the things that we sp spoke about, you know, vulnerability, curiosity, uh, at, at, for this strategic, uh, interdependency. Um, but everything we do, uh, has a strategy now. Uh, and, and it's funny because when you, when you, put a strategy in place for success that that's where you're headed when you don't put a strategy you're, you're headed somewhere 
It's just not success, right? In, in the positive side. And so when we want positive results, you have to implement strategy. You have to implement your knowledge and all the points we spoke of uh, uh, during this time to ensure that that interdependency is fostered, is nurtured, is, uh, is taken care of. Uh, even when you put people that can do a job together, you, as the leader, you have to care for those so that they can actually learn and grow from that and not just be a, another job, right? Because it'll just be another, hey, go do this and take care of it. Everybody got a check mark and move on. But how we implement the heart into the strategy and the interdependency is, is what will result. Uh, is it just the job being done or the job being done and people grew by it? And, and, and I yeah. love that. L love that. And um, you brought up a couple of things that um, were fascinating to me and just came up recently for me. You know, the difference between the essential nature of we have to be planning and, and the notion of planning versus a plan. You know, a plan is useless. Planning is essential, right? Being able to plan and be able to navigate, right, in terms of the crisis or, you know, uh, any kind of situation. Planning is essential. A plan can be useless in, in, in context. So, so this notion of a strategy and planning is it's essential. But being flexible with that and taking in input and information. And back to strategic independence for a second and heart and gets back to where we started, right? Strategic independence is around the notion is really around people. It can be also applied to processes and that kind of thing. But you talked about team and a team is not a collection of people. That's just a collection of people. A team is people that care about one another that work together to create better. And so this notion of caring comes into team and interdependence because as I say, it's um, I serve us so we can serve others. And so this notion of I serve us, meaning you and me, all of us, right? I, that's, my, that's the energy I come with so that we can serve others. So there's this amplification built in the definition, which means I don't have to be everything. And so that gets the notion of ego and talk about ego and how that ego gets in the way of things. And connecting to heart is, hmm, and back to this notion of heart and person and who am I? Okay. And then, okay, acceptance of that. And then also accepting difference with other people. People are different, accepting and getting curious about that. It gets us connected to these words all over again. And so um, what if we got more curious about difference and other people's hearts? First, our hearts, yes, as leaders and understanding who we are. But then we got curious about and cared about other people's hearts. And how does that amplify our ability to lead and the impact we can have from that? And that's the power, I think, of strategic interdependence. When done well that is absolutely beautiful and and just uh, to the heart of the matter right leadership and heart and uh brian I, I thank you so much for coming on the show speaking to us uh sharing your thoughts sharing what your passion is uh your vulnerability thank you for the story of, of your education and your and your route that way and if uh anyone wanted to get a hold of brian how, how would they do that uh, the best way to do that would be through uh, LinkedIn um, or any other social media on there, Brian Keller Leadership Coaching, or my website, BrianKellerLeadershipCoaching.com. Outstanding. Well, once again, uh, Brian, thank you so much for your time. 
uh, th this is a subject that we could go on for, for a long time, uh, but uh, we'll sure to uh, make sure that we get you back on somehow uh, to uh, continue the discussion. Uh, for everyone listening, uh, Brian Kelly, you, you heard how you can get a hold of him. Uh, he is a, a dear friend of mine. I appreciate everything that he does, so reach out to him. Uh, and stay tuned for next week when we bring on another guest and we share some more leadership insight. Until then, success to you. Thank you so much for having me on, Enrique. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I'd love to hear suggestions for our future shows or any remarks you may have that will help us improve. Until then, success to you.